Welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel, and here we learn about plants, how to care for them, how they work, and I keep it simple and taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can enjoy. Join me in Plant School. Hello and welcome to Plant School. So before I do anything, I promised you guys I was going to announce a giveaway winner, and that's what I'm going to do. So I currently have a name picker pulled up on my computer. I'm literally gonna spin this random name picker wheel right now and announce who is one. This is like a continual giveaway. So I'm gonna be doing this again and you can win plant school merch. I'm thinking I might throw in actual like live plants in. So if you win this time, I'm probably going to be sending you a plant along with some plant school merch. And if you're interested to see what the plant school merch looks like there is a link in the description of every single plant school podcast episode so you can look at it there you can buy it there and support this podcast that way but entering into the giveaway you simply do it by sharing it with a friend and messaging me on instagram and letting me know that you shared it and you have the chance to win some cool merch for free as well as plants so again you can still be entering. I'm going to be doing one soon after this. So keep entering, keep sharing it. I really appreciate all the love that you guys show in helping this podcast grow. So without further ado, let me find the button to spin this wheel. It's going, it's going. Okay, it it just chose a winner. This makes me laugh because this person actually messaged me worried that they weren't gonna win but they just won so tiger you literally just won the giveaway i will be in touch with you i will get some plant school merch and a plant coming your way all right so moving on to today's episode it was actually a suggestion from a listener she reached out to me on instagram so dominique thank you so much for inspiring this episode and letting me know that you needed some help with your palms i really hope this episode helps you out and honestly this episode is long overdue palms are such amazing houseplants i'm surprised i haven't covered them yet and it's especially pertinent to me because it's one i need to brush up on I have owned one palm in my entire life and I failed miserably and I killed it. In my defense, it was one of my first houseplants and it was back like in my first days where I assumed if my plant was having problems and it didn't look well, I would water it and that would fix the problem, right? I feel like that's very common with new houseplant owners and so that's what I did. It was looking crispy. I didn't know what was wrong with it, so I kept watering it and it died, of course. I'm pretty sure it had root rot and I just expedited its death. I need to try again, especially after spending hours of research learning how to care for them. And just as a note before I dive into this, there are so many palms out there. And this episode is going to be a tad generalized because of that. You know, there's so many different ones that you can have in your home. I definitely will be doing more episodes about specific types of palms. If you have a suggestion, feel free to message me. You can email me at tinnyplants at gmail or you can get on Instagram and follow me at tinnyplants and just message me on there and let me know. But for now, we are just gonna have this generalized episode and this is all good information that does apply to any indoor palm. So starting with our first question, what is a palm? 
They are plants in the Araceae family, which is comprised of mostly tropical and subtropical monocotyledonous trees, shrubs, vines, and they all have like a simple stem with large pinnate or fan-shaped leaves. And that big word in there, monocotyledonous, just means that these plants in this family are monocots. They have a simple vascular system exactly the way that grass grows. So you can think of grass when I say monocot. So there's about 181 genera in the palm family, meaning 181 different genuses. And there are 2,600 known species. So that's all the different plants. There's 2,600 different palms in the world. And they inhabit various habitats from rainforests to deserts. They are all over the place. They're one of the best known and most cultivated plant families. And the word cultivated simply means that they are grown for either its beauty, like in landscapes, or for medicinal and food purposes for human uses, you could say. I always love to ask what a plant symbolizes. So for the palm, so you can imagine there's a lot of symbolism with the palm. They symbolize fertility, peace, spirituality, the tropics, victory and success, or vacations. The victory and success kind of goes back to Romans rewarding their champions and their military successes with palm branches. And the spirituality symbolism of a palm goes back to early Christians using palm branches to symbolize the victory over death. And also palm branches were used when Christ came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It's a very global iconic image for various reasons. And today you could even say that it can also symbolize the tropics and getaway vacations. When you see that, you think of like a resort and some relaxing, beautiful space. So how did they get into our homes as houseplants? So as I started to research their history and how they came about into our homes, there was so much, especially because with palms, I'm like researching a whole family of plants. I wasn't narrowing it down to one. We are narrowing it down to like indoor palms because there are a lot of palms that don't exist into homes. They don't do well or they're too big, but there's still just so much history. So I did my best. It may be like the Spark Notes version, but we would be here all day if I went into their entire history. So, like I said, they exist in many areas of the world. Colombia right now has the highest number of palm species in one country, but many are in humid forests. Some live in areas with really poor drainage or regular flooding. Some are in tropical mountain habitats, grasslands, scrublands, deserts, all over. And they appeared about 80 million years ago, according to our fossil records that we have and we've discovered. And they've really been helpful, these fossil records of palms, in studying monocot evolution, how these plants have come about and changed throughout the years. As far as human interaction goes with palms, our interactions with palms are about as old as human civilization itself, which blows my mind. This is the first plant we've had that humans have been so closely tied to so early on. Like when I covered ferns, humans didn't really care about ferns until later on when, you know, naturalists were trapezing around looking for new plants. 
but the palm was important because it was an important source of food. So they were used in ancient Babylon and it was against the law to destroy them since they were so valuable. And then a little bit later in Mesopotamia, date palms were cultivated and also in other Middle Eastern countries and people used them for food, for wood, for shelter, all sorts of things. And so date palms in particular have had a tremendous effect on human civilization surviving. It was really interesting. I came across this one article where one researcher wrote and said this. He said, one could go as far as to say that had the date palm not existed, the expansion of the human race into the hot and barren parts of the old world would have been much more restricted. Basically saying that if the date palm wasn't there humans would not have expanded as far as they have today. This is because date palms, they produce dates, and it's a very concentrated energy food source. They store really easily so you can carry them on long journeys, and also the palm itself provides shade and protection from the winds and all sorts of things. So very, very important plant to humans coming to where we are today. The date palm is mentioned 30 times in the Bible and 22 times in the Quran. Moving on from that really historic history, palms in general provide us with coconut products, oils, dates, palm syrup, ivory nuts, waxes, rattan cane, which I feel like is all the rage with furniture right now is the rattan. But also they provide palm wood, coconut core, we should all know as houseplant people is a medium that you can be putting your plants into. So that comes from palms. And there's so many more things. So with that in mind, this family of plants, the Ariaceae family, they rank six in domesticated crops and first in total economic value produced. So they share that top spot of total economic value produced with the Poaceae family, which is grass, and the Fabaceae family, which is like your beans and lentils, things like that. Those two families are huge, so important to us, and it's crazy that Palms, the Ariaceae family, shares that spot with them. Such a valuable family, such valuable plants, and it's so cool that we can have them in our homes. The ones in our homes maybe not so valuable. They aren't producing fruit, like, unless you do have a date palm in your house. I don't know how that would work, but that would be sick. But the ones in our homes, they're just very beautiful. Palms grew in popularity in the Victorian era. Since they were kind of all over the place, they were well known, but different types started to spread around as different botanists and explorers traveled around the world. So in the Victorian era, they grew very popular. And this correlated with the development of greenhouses, which really allowed them to survive and thrive in the more colder climates of Europe. So during this time, palm gardens and palm conservancies, they were built throughout Europe. They were very popular. There was even one on the Titanic, which unfortunately did not last long, as we all know. And so during this time, during the Victorian era and the palms gaining popularity, it started to leave behind its symbolism of being a very deep religious associated plant. And it started to become more of a symbol of being very exotic. And so this change of it being more of an exotic symbol rather than a religious symbol is what attracted people to start importing it everywhere. And this included... Los Angeles, California, which is now known for its palm trees. 
I know that there is one species of palm that is native to Los Angeles, but a lot of the ones that you see growing around were imported to mostly try and help with its marketing efforts. They used it to entice Easterners to the West Coast since California was now seen kind of as a semi-tropical place. They had these big palm trees growing. It was beautiful and there was no humidity and there was no overseas travel. You could come to this semi-tropical place without dealing with the overseas travel and the humidity. And in the 1930s, the craze for palm trees was at its peak. The Olympics were set to occur in Los Angeles in 1932. So the city decided that they would plant 40,000 palm trees. And this was actually really great for their economy and a great job to have because it was during the Great Depression. So that's just one example of one city that is very well known for its palm trees. And unfortunately, the case with Los Angeles and all of its palm trees, a lot of them are actually nearing the end of their lives. So they were all planted in the 1930s, so that's been about 90 years, and these palms have a lifespan of about 75 to 100 years. So you can imagine that they are all starting to die, and since they rely so heavily on water, it was announced in 2006 that the city had a plan that they would not be replacing all these palm trees that were dying with more palm trees. They would be replacing them instead with native drought-resistant plants like native oaks and sycamores. I think that's a wise thing to do. The one thing is just Los Angeles losing its like status symbol of all these palm trees, but I'm sure that they aren't going to go away, right? People love them there. I feel like it's still very much associated with Los Angeles and people will still keep planting them on their own, though it sounds like the city is kind of done with them since they suck up so much water. So today, the most common houseplant palm is the areca palm, which is Dipsis lutescens, and the parlor palm, which is Camadoria elegans. And of course, there are a few others, and I mentioned that these are the ones that we're going to be focusing on for our care guide. And another interesting note in the palm's history is that the bamboo palm was used in the NASA Clean Air Study, where they were trying to see what plants should be sent up into space as kind of a natural air filter and the bamboo palm was one of those that they tested and they found that it did clean the air. I do have an episode all about this. It's episode 47. I go into great depths onto why this study really didn't prove anything. So though people will tell you, oh, palms are great, they clean the air, NASA proved it, that's not quite accurate. In short, NASA tested these plants in like a sealed vacuum. So no air was coming in, no air was coming out. And that's not the case with our homes. Air is constantly coming into our homes via our air conditioning, our heating, or through open doors. And so there are constant pollutants coming into our air, dust, all sorts of things. And so plants really do not make a difference at all. If you did live in a vacuum, it would probably work. But unfortunately, we don't. I don't know how that would be feasible to live in a vacuum, to be honest. And that kind of wraps up the history that I was able to glean from the palm family. And I want to dive into how to care for these plants. But before I do, I want to take a quick break and then we will get right back into it. All right, so diving into caring for your palm plant. Starting off, where should you put it in your home? What are its lighting needs? 
palms prefer bright light. Some direct sun is fine, but too much sun can actually scorch the leaves. So bright indirect sunlight is preferred for most palms. They can be outside during warm summer months. They prefer temperatures between 64 degrees to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 18 to 24 degrees Celsius. And they don't love to go any lower than 54 degrees Fahrenheit or 12 degrees Celsius. So if you do put them outside, just keep that in mind. Bring them inside before it dips down too low. Also, try to keep them away from hot air vents. That can cause leaves to go brown. And also, if it is too cold or too dry of conditions, that can also cause leaf tips to turn brown. So really, just give it a good temperature. Make sure it's not too dry in your house. Which leads me to watering. And you want to water when the soil is dry. Don't let it get too dry. Overwatering is the number one killer of palm plants, which I am fairly certain is what killed mine. So I can attest I am part of that statistic. I guess you could say, as it being the number one killer. So not enough water causes the leaves to start browning, or it can cause them to turn yellow completely. Just as a note, old leaves naturally turn yellow or brown with age, so don't be worrying about if it's just an old leaf dying. This will be part of like the newer growth that will start to change if they're not getting enough water. They do love humidity, so I do recommend using a humidifier or a pebble tray. I made a tray with a pie tin and some of these like recycled plastic balls called Arclight. They're very similar to LECA, but they're just more eco-friendly. So you can do something like that. You could use marbles, you could use rocks, you could use pebbles, but just make a tray of some sort and be filling it with water so that your plant just sits on top of this pebble tray and benefits from all the humidity and the water evaporating into the air. Lack of humidity can cause leaves to not be very shiny, and it can also cause them to have brown tips as well. You may have caught on that a lot of things can cause a palm to have brown tips. So it's just a matter of going through how you care for your palm, figuring out, okay, I don't have a problem with underwatering, but I really have no humidity in my home, so it, maybe it's lack of humidity. I know it may seem like it's a lot, but once you start narrowing it down, you should be able to figure out what is causing the problem for your palm if one is even occurring. And while we're on this topic, let me add something else that can cause your leaves to start to go brown on the edges. And that is if you use tap water, because tap water often has high levels of salt. And you can see this when your soil has a, like a crusting of white, a white crust on the top of the soil. And this can be fixed really easily just by using filtered water or rainwater. You just need something that is low in salt and that will wash those salts slowly away as you keep water watering your palm with that filtered water. Moving on to fertilizing your palm. So they are actually very notorious for developing nutrient deficiency problems that show up in yellowing leaves in these really spotty or irregular patterns. And this is because, like I mentioned before, they are monocots and so their vascular system, which is the tissue inside the plant that's transporting water and nutrients, is scattered. Whereas other plants have rings like a tree. So this just makes taking up nutrients from the soil much more difficult than plants with that ring-like or continuous vascular systems. So it does need a little extra care when it does come to fertilizer. Fertilizing a palm should be done pretty sparingly and it's recommended to use one 
that's an 8-2-12 or a 12-4-12. And that's the NPK values that I'm telling you right now. The nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium values are those three numbers. And if you notice, 8-2-12 and 12-4-12, that middle number is really low. So phosphorus is really low, and that's because they need very little phosphorus. They need a lot of nitrogen. Potassium is great for them, but phosphorus, eh, not as needed for palms. So a lot of people recommend using organic fertilizers because they can actually suffer from burn really easily with synthetic fertilizers. They're a little choosy about which ones they like. So for me, I only have synthetic fertilizers right now. I would probably have to go and buy one for my palms that would work better for them. So they do have palm-specific fertilizers. You could look into that or a more organic option that has NPK values around the 8 to 12 range or the 12 for 12 range. When it comes to repotting your palm and knowing what soil is best for it, you want to repot when roots start to become visible in the drainage holes or even on top of the potting mix. They don't need to be repotted very often. It usually falls around every two to three years and it's best to do it when it's beginning to go into its growing season just so that the plant can bounce back easier. And when you do repot it, they do prefer a well-draining soil. All-purpose soil can be totally fine. They aren't super choosy about that. There are palm-specific soil mixes if you are feeling extra, or you can just add a little bit of sand to an all-purpose mix, or you can just try out an all-purpose mix and see how it goes. In general, they do fine with most soil mixes, as long as it's not like straight up clay or something ridiculous. <laughs> Next, I want to discuss if you can propagate a palm. And as I looked this up, it was much different from all the other houseplants that we have covered so far. A lot of houseplants, you can propagate them via cuttings. You can cut off a piece, stick it in water, it starts to grow new roots. But that is something you cannot do with palms. You can propagate them by division, so this basically means you divide the plant. It's best done during growing season, and you're going to lift up your plant from its pot, gently remove the excess soil, select a group of at least four to five stems from the main stem or the main part of the plant, and you're going to pull them away from that main stem. You may need to use a knife to cut through roots and untangle them and maybe even cut through parts of the palm to get it to detach from the main stem. And once you do that, you can put both plants in pots that have drainage holes and water them immediately. And also as a note, when you have propagated them this way, it's best not to fertilize them for at least three months just because you don't want to put more unnecessary stress on the plant since it is going through a lot of stress, just growing new roots and not having a large part of it that used to exist with it. Another way you can propagate is by transplanting palm pups. It's very similar to division, but some palms will have these little offshoots from the main stem or the mother plant and they are called palm pups, which is kind of cute. Once they're at least a year old and it has roots, you can remove it from the mother tree by removing first the soil around the pup and then you're going to cut the pup away from the mother plant with those roots intact. And then you can, you know, plant it on its own and again, don't be fertilizing it for a few months. The last way you can propagate a palm is by seed and for most palm 
seeds. You have to remove this fibrous outer layer of the seed. You let them soak in lukewarm water for up to a week, and then you can plant the seeds in well-draining soil and they can grow from there. Obviously, that method of propagation would take the longest amount of time to get a full-grown palm, and the other ways are much faster. All right, I only have two more questions for us when it comes to caring for palms. The first one, do they need pruning, dusting, any extra care? Yes, they do. So you can trim off the brown tips if you'd like just to get rid of them. The tips may continue to turn brown and usually that's because the problem is still existing. Often the problem usually comes from watering, lack of humidity, or a nutritional imbalance. It's also recommended to be pruning off those old yellowing or brown fronds. So those will be the ones at the bottom that are just dying from old age. You can prune those off and it is no problem for your palm plant. Don't be cutting off the tops of healthy fronds. Those fronds that you cut off will not grow from there. And the ones that are left, the little stubs, are not going to grow new fronds. And it's a great way to kill your palm plant. So please don't do that. And you're going to want to clean the leaves regularly by putting them in a lukewarm shower or you can put them out in the rain if it's raining at a good warm temperature. But it is kind of tedious to be dusting them so that is definitely the easiest way to clean them up is through a lukewarm shower. And my last question is what pests do they typically deal with? And they are prone to scale, mealybugs, and spider mites. The most common one is definitely spider mites, and this can be avoided by having proper humidity because spider mites love, love a dry environment. So if you have proper humidity, if you are watering them regularly, then you are less likely to deal with spider mites. If you do have them, you can treat them by washing them off in a shower, first of all, and then treating it with neem oil. You can dab them off with rubbing alcohol that you have put onto a cotton swab. You can use soapy water, or you can use an insecticide to get rid of spider mites. Mealybug and scale aren't as common, but you can get rid of these by manually killing them with like a cotton swab with rubbing alcohol on them. Scale you definitely have to wipe off on your own since they kind of attach themselves to the plant and don't move too much. They just look like these little scaly bumps on your plant. So get a rag, wipe them off. When I worked at a greenhouse, we would use a dish soap solution and wipe off scales with a soft rag. And mealybugs can be treated the same. You can also use insecticides for them, neem oil, different things like that. And it's not a bad idea if you are dealing with these pests to replace the soil at least the top few inches of the soil. Scrape it off, throw it away, and replace it with some new soil. Because often some of these bugs can lay eggs or even be hiding in those top few layers of soil. And that is how you care for a palm plant. It was so much fun learning more about palms, and I hope if you have a palm, it is helpful in caring for it, or maybe this episode inspired you to go get a palm. I kind of want to try again. I want a rerun of taking care of a palm because I've learned so much since I had that first one years ago, and I would like a redo of that whole situation. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope that you will join me next week. 
thank you for being here and listening today, and I hope you'll join me next week. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it going, you can find the support link below in the description and donate. Or, I have some awesome Plant School merch, including stickers, shirts, and mugs, and the link to my shop is in the description as well. And if you don't want to spend any money but still support the podcast, share this podcast with a friend, either verbally or electronically. This will even qualify you for my giveaway. Just message me on Instagram at tinnyplant that you shared the podcast with a friend and you'll be entered in for a chance to win some goodies. Winners will be announced on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening and I hope you have a great week.